Every Yontav has its unique theme, its own unique message. Vasienu Hashem Elekeinu as Birkas Mardecha. Rosh Hashanah symbolizes Yira. Vechein Tein Pachdecha. There's a sense of fear and trepidation. Like beggars and paupers, we knock on Hashem's door asking for forgiveness. So what's the theme for the Yontav of Sukkot? You can make the argument that the motif for Sikkot is its abundance of mitzvahs. If you think about it, none of the other Yom Amtoibim are as laden in mitzvahs as the Yontav of Sukkot. We're obligated to build a sukkah and dwell in it for seven days, the Dalad Minim, Simchas Beis Eva, the taking of the Arava and Hashan Arava. But there's one overarching theme that somehow permeates the entire Yantav, and that's the mitzvah of Simcha. We need to be besimcha every Yantav, but sukkah is coined Zeman Simcha Seinu. It's the season for Simcha. The Gros says famously that this is the most difficult mitzvah to observe in the Torah. Being happy for eight straight days is no easy task. It's so difficult because every other mitzvah requires physical action. You take the lulav, you eat the matzah, you blow the shoifer. Here you have to literally change your entire mindset. The Torah says, We are commanded by the Torah to be happy. And the question is, how can the Torah obligate someone to be happy? Either a person is instinctively happy, it's part of their innate nature and personality, or they're not happy. Simcha is an emotion, it's not by choice. So let me share with you an incredible idea from the Arachayim HaKadosh. And this will perhaps give us some insight on in how a person can obtain this elusive trait of Simcha. So where in the Torah do we find that the Torah commands an individual to be happy? In Parshas Kisave, by the mitzvah of Bukurim, the Pesach says, The Torah commands a farmer that brings his fruits up to the Beis HaMikdash to be happy with all that Hashem has given him. And the same question can be asked, how can the Torah demand for this individual to be happy? Maybe he didn't have such a good crop this year. Perhaps happiness is just not part of his DNA. We find many wealthy and successful people that are never happy. They love to wallow in misery. And apparently the Archaim HaKadosh was bothered by this question because he writes something so incredible. And this is probably one of his most famous statements. He asks, so what is taif? What is considered good that if someone engages in it will make them happy? And here the Archaim gives us the key to happiness. People spend so much time and energy trying different type of things to make them happy. Says the Archaim, you know what toiv is? Ain't toiv ele Studying and toiling in Torah, that is the pinnacle of happiness that a person can ever acquire. If a person would be able to sense the sweetness and the goodness of Torah, they would go insane. They would literally go out of their minds. They would lust after it. They would pursue it with such intensity, with such vengeance, that all the other possessions in the world would have absolutely no value to them. Torah encapsulates all the pleasures the world has to offer. So according to the Arachayim, if you combine all the pleasures in the world, it would pale in comparison to the Torah. Engaging in Torah is far more gratifying. But the question remains, why v'semachto b'chal ha-toiv? V'semachto b'toiv would have sufficed. Furthermore, 
What if a person says, I tried learning Torah. I went to a shir. Torah doesn't talk to me. The other pleasures the world has to offer is a lot more enticing. So Reb Tzaddik says something very powerful. Dov the Melech says in Tehillim, Light is planted for the tzaddik and gladness for the upright in heart. So what does this mean exactly? This is a very enigmatic statement. Says Reb Tzaddik, Planting is very difficult. A person works extremely hard. He engages in back-breaking labor and doesn't see immediate results. However, he knows, if he keeps at it, it will yield tremendous dividends down the road. Torah is the same way. In the beginning, it's really difficult to find the sweetness in Torah. But if you're persistent, there's nothing in the world more enjoyable. Says Reb Tzaddik, a tzaddik doesn't just focus on the here and now. He has a broad perspective. He toils now for the future rewards. Or is a ruach He plants Torah and mitzvahs now, even though it doesn't bring him immediate joy. But he understands, it will bring him much satisfaction later on. So based on this Reb Tzaddik, we can say, a person says, I don't feel the pleasure in Torah. Says the Pasuk, Look at the call, look at the big picture. Now, Torah doesn't feel pleasurable to you. But try to perceive the future rewards. That will give you great joy and happiness. Torah is an acquired taste. Keep at it. Keep studying. In the end, you will realize there isn't a greater source of simcha and pleasure than Torah. And this teaches us a great fundamental principle in obtaining genuine happiness in general. There isn't a greater joy and feeling of contentment for a person than when they know that they are doing the right thing. And what they are engaging in right now will give them great reward in the future. Even when this effort that they are partaking in right now is not inherently giving them now any joy and satisfaction. This is a story told about a very wealthy man that came to Rechaim Kanievsky and was telling him about his big enormous house that he built himself in Brooklyn. And he realized that Reb Chaim wasn't very impressed. So he pressed on. Rebbe, it has four floors, a penthouse, and 38 rooms. And he sees Reb Chaim is thinking. And then Reb Chaim asked this Gavir, So how do you do Bedikas Chomets in such a house? A $20 million hole meant nothing to Reb Chaim. His mind immediately shifted to a Torah aspect of the house. Reb Chaim embodied the words of the Arachayim HaKadosh. Ki ha-toyreh kaleles, kol ha-toyveh And now, we know. Have a wonderful Shabbos.